đi chỉnh hình nào cắt cơ cắt leo cái này lên đi you ready that's chua I don't say this often, but I think if we lived closer, we'd be friends. But alas, we don't live close. Chua lives high up in the hills, surrounded by calming birdsong, flowing waterfalls and lush rice paddies near the tourist town of Sapa in northern Vietnam. Welcome back to Language Stories, a podcast discovering languages around the world and meeting the people who speak them. It's season two. We've flown halfway across the world from the Americas, and now for this season, we're exploring Southeast Asia. I'm Lindsay Williams from Lindsay Does Languages, a language-obsessed chica on the constant exploration of language, no matter where I am in the world. And this episode, welcome to Northern Vietnam and Laos. You're sat on the side of a newly built building to house sleeping tourists tired from trekking here. To your left, two sleepy puppies with matted fur in patches across their backs. To your right, more tourists, just like you, who have all walked a longer than necessary route past rolling rice paddies and marijuana fields to get here. You look out in front of you and you're met with an impossibly stunning view. The layers of rice terraces shine flat like row upon row of mirrors. The lush green walls separate each one, curving round the shape of each terrace. Behind them, mountains and hills roll and peak, laying a silhouette to finish the scene. You're in the villages around Sapa. And the people that brought you here? They might just speak Hmong. This was me after our first day trekking to where we'd be spending the night. The day before, we'd got off a bus and Pinky promised a stranger that we'd meet the following morning to come here. She'd agreed to speak with us about Hmong for this episode. Her eyes lit up when we showed interest in her culture and heritage. She placed a friendship bracelet around my wrist, held out a pinky finger, which I met with mine, winked and left. It was the most unplanned language stories episode to date. And if she fell back on that pinky promise, this episode would have ended up non-existent. Thankfully, she stuck to her word, as did we. And we met again as I was sat against the building after our first day's trekking. Her name is Chua. Hello. My name is Chua. I'm from Black Hmong people. We speak Hmong language. Okay. Yeah, Black Hmong language. Okay, so Black Hmong language. Yeah. Yeah. So is there other Hmong languages? Um, we have four different Hmong. Uh-huh. Yeah, we have a Black Hmong. Uh-huh. And we have Flower Hmong. Uh-huh. And we have Greek Hmong, a White Hmong. Uh-huh. And we have our own different clothes. Uh-huh. And the language same same, but a little bit different. As Chua made clear, Hmong is actually kind of a broad term, with generally four different communities speaking different Hmong languages. Black Hmong, Flower Hmong, Green Hmong, White Hmong. In fact, doing further research for this episode after returning home from Chua led me to discovering that some sources list different names for these groups, including Red Hmong, Striped Hmong, also sometimes referred to as White Hmong, and Yao. The groups tend to be split and defined by the language they speak and the clothes they wear. There are other ethnic groups in the area too, such as the Red Zhao, but the dominant Hmong group around Sapa is Black Hmong. Their clothes, as Chua let me try on and you can see in the video for this episode, are defined from the other Hmong groups by black indigo dyed hemp, with carefully hand-embroidered patterns on the sleeves and collars, and 
by the what I can only describe as black velvety leg warmers worn around the calves. Chua topped off her outfit with a silver hair comb tucked into her black hair and comfy hiking boots. She is leading treks all day after all. In the morning, Chua sets off from her village to take eager travelling trekkers back into Sappertown or to meet new, slightly more fresh-faced tourists to trek back to her village the following day. If she's taken tourists back into town, she waits for the afternoon bus arrival to find new trekkers for the following day. And if she's brought people home to the village, she helps prepare dinner for the guests. This is Chua's job and it's all she's ever known. She's happy this way. Chua told me when we happened not to be recording that she's never been beyond Sapa and she doesn't want to. Not even to Hanoi? Would you like to go to Hanoi? I asked. No, she replied swiftly and sincerely, quite happily. I have everything I need here. It's busy in the city. I don't want that. So so you grew up here in the village, yes. here near Sapa. Yeah. And you grew up speaking Hmong, learning Hmong. Yes. And Vietnamese, did you learn that as well in school? Um, yes, Vietnamese right. we learned in school. Okay. Yeah. And how did you learn English? Because your English is amazing. Um, I learned by talking with tourists. Yeah. Wow. Like we uh, even speak, I can speak English. But even reading or reading English for me is difficult. Because for me, I never been to school. Uh-huh. Uh, I never understand even reading or reading. Yeah. And I can speak a little bit English. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And Hmong, is, is it a written language as well? Oh, in, in Hmong people, we don't have reading or reading. No written form? Yeah, but because I heard my parents, they say a long time ago, uh, we came from Mongols, so we have a books that will be passed in the bigger river. Uh-huh. We lock our books in the river, so uh, our people come here and then we just speak. And we don't have reading and reading. And then there was no need for it. Yeah, so we don't need to. You didn't. You yeah, didn't we don't need to, need to read need it. To make it up. Yeah. Yeah, and then everything we just learn about our parents. Uh-huh. Yeah, even speak or everything we just learn about our parents. Chua learned everything from her parents. The exact origins of Chua's Hmong ancestors is actually debated among scholars, but it's generally disproved and agreed that they didn't originate from the Mongols, despite the similarity in name. So it's interesting that Chua told us the story about the books ending up in the river. I guess we all want to know where we came from, right? I wondered about the different Hmong groups and how easy it is for them to communicate. So if you, as black Hmong, wanted to speak with someone from one of the other four um, if we, uh, we, uh, we speak the language similar, yeah. then around Sapa area, we have like um, six different tribes, different language, and uh, we don't understand each other. If Not we, at all? No. <laughs> if we, um, in, in Sapa, we have like um, Homon, it's my tribe, we have like um, Red Zhao, mm-hmm. uh, we have Zai people, mm-hmm. we have Thai people, we have Sapa, mm-hmm. and Thai people all different language and it is different try different language but when we go into school and we learn same language we learn Vietnamese language so if we don't understand each other but we can use Vietnamese language to talk together yeah yeah where do all Hmong people live like Vietnam maybe China Laos? yes yeah okay. I have Hmong people like they're living in even Thailand oh, wow. or living in China or living in Laos uh, they living like, also like Hmong people, uh, we live in every country. When we were in Laos interviewing Jer for the previous episode of Language Stories, Teaching English in Laos, we discovered he is Hmong and speaks a different variety, white Hmong. 
Of course, we had to ask about it. Uh, most of my students are Hmong minority. So they speak also Lao, right? So they speak three yeah. languages by the yeah. time they come to your class yeah. to learn English. Mm-hmm. That's amazing that that's just normal. <laughs> so at the daytime we go to school, we speak Lao, we learn Lao. Yeah. And the evening time they come to my class to learn and speak English. And then they go but home. But when they go home, they speak Hmong. Wow. <laughs> Between them, so for example, if you've got a Khmer student and a Hmong student, what language would they speak together? Um, Lao? When I teach in the class, mm. I use Lao and English only. Okay. Because most people will speak Lao and uh, English. English, they necessarily speak because right. they, they want to learn English. Mm. Our accent is a little bit like Chinese. Okay. And Ch- Kamu uh, language is a little bit like. Cambodia, Cambodian. Okay. And Lao and Thai are similar. Okay. I can see how so, it comes together yeah. geographically, <laughs> right in the middle of all three of those countries. <laughs> and we believe um, differently as well. We have different mm. different culture. Mm. Yeah. The Hmong here in, around Luang Prabang. I mean, we were in Vietnam in Sapa, and the lady we spoke to said she was black Hmong. So that's a different type of Hmong. Right? Yeah, in Hmong. <laughs> yeah, in Hmong uh, and Nip group, we also have a different um, last name, a different type of Hmong as well. Mm. Like black, uh, black Hmong, green Hmong, white Hmong, and we, I'm white Hmong. <laughs> okay. You know, we know it by our clothes. We we we. We are Hmong, but we still dress different. Mm. The design and also style differently. And you, you speak know, and differently? Yeah, we can understand each other, but our accents and our mm. language is a little bit different. But in fact, this region isn't the only place you'll find Hmong speakers. In a moment, we'll hear from someone who learnt Hmong very far from Vietnam and Laos. But first, a word from our sponsor. Season 2 of Language Stories is sponsored by Lingora, the 100% free online language community where you can share your spoken and written language practice and get feedback totally free. Hop on to elingora.com and sign up. Next, submit an audio or written text in the language you're learning and then wait for feedback. But there's more to Lingora. You've also got the option for free lessons, live chat and paid for lessons and homestays with tutors and the chance to get discounts on those paid for lessons and homestays. When you leave feedback, add an audio, add a text or complete a free lesson, you earn Lingo Rocks, which all add up to discounts on lessons and homestays with professional tutors. Pretty neat. I've currently got 30 Lingo Rocks, which really isn't many. I'm going to try adding a text before the next episode to up my total. Tune in next time to see how it goes. Sign up at elingora.com now and see if you can earn more than my 30 Lingo Rocks today. Thank you to Lingora for sponsoring this season of Language Stories. During the Vietnam War, many Hmong in northern Laos were led to fight by the CIA in what's known as the Secret War. 
When the Vietnam War ended, this saw an influx of Hmong refugees and immigrants to the USA. The Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul are home to the largest Hmong population in America. This is where the next part of our story begins. Inspired by the number of Hmong speakers in her local community, Jasmine Tierra decided to learn the language and went one step further, singing in Hmong too. When we spoke with Jasmine, we'd only just got home and our internet was still settling into the groove, so you'll have to excuse the poor quality of this Skype call with Jasmine. I was, well, kind of all over. So I was born in Illinois. Um, Around three years old, we moved to Arkansas. Then I moved to North Carolina and then to um, Minnesota. And that's where I learned of the Hmong population. So the high school I went to in Minnesota um, was in St. Paul. And it had a huge population of Hmong Americans. I befriended two girls who later became my best friends. Uh, Pania Kong and Mindy Lore, and they're both Hmong Americans, and so I would visit their families a lot, visit their homes a lot, and hang out with their families, and that's how I got introduced to their culture, and I realized it's so similar to mine. They're very loving people. Um, they enjoy music, and so that's how I kind of just got into the whole Hmong um, music. Their culture is so similar to mine. When I heard Jasmine say this, it instantly swept me back to Sapa and Chua and got me thinking about how, despite being different on the surface, living and growing up in very different places, working different jobs, wearing different clothes, eating different foods, speaking different languages, we got on. There's more in common than what divides us. I was only with Chua for two days, but I picked up the two most important words already. Hello? Uh Is it Nyajong? Nyajong. Nyajong, yes. You say thank you uh-huh. So definitely being around people that speak a different language can help us to learn languages. But how did this happen for Jasmine? So it first started with me just being around them so much. So I would pick up on little stuff and then I'd say it back to them to see if it sounded correct. And um and then and they also knew that I loved to sing, so it kind of just came together because after a while I would just start to learn some of the popular songs and then sing it and then have them, of course, correct me on my upper pronounce, uh, to pronounce, pronounce the words correctly. And it's just something that stuck because everybody enjoyed it, so I just wanted to continue to do that. <laughs> it was a Hmong New Year event at Jasmine's school that inspired her to perform in public. You know, I went to such a great school and I always tell everybody about that experience because it was so diverse. And so um, we, they would have, like, different cultural events. Like, there we had, uh, like, our school had a Hmong New Year. Or there was, like, other events, too, for different, um, different ethnic groups. And so when Hmong New Year came around, I, I wanted to perform for it. And, of course, I wanted to do it justice by singing, you know, a, a song in that language. So um, when I did, I remember for the audition, um, there was a group of people who were, you know, listening to, listening to everybody audition for the show. And when I sung my song, everybody was so supportive. <laughs> and of course, you know, I had people who wanted to help me and, and wanted to let me know if I was pronouncing something wrong. But for the most part, everybody was, was pretty supportive at my school. Since then, Jasmine has taken things much further and released music sung in Hmong and English, even being featured on NPR. I've always written music since I was maybe in like second grade. <laughs> So um, it was just quite natural for me to just start writing songs in Hmong as well. 
And uh, one of my favorite songs is a song I wrote called Our Love is Forever. Um, I love that song because that was the first English slash long song I ever shared with the world by you know, putting it on the internet. And the, um, the feedback I got was far beyond anything I've ever expected. So that's like just one of my favorite songs because it's got the ball really rolling for me, showing me that I'm capable of doing things I never thought of doing. I didn't know where this episode would begin when we tumbled off that bus in Sapper and met Chua for the first time. I had no idea if we'd even have an episode, and I certainly didn't expect where we'd end up. For a group of languages spoken across borders without one country to call their own, Hmong sure stands strong, proving that as different as we may seem, when we're proud of who we are, we can share that and learn from each other. When we returned home from our trip, someone told me that the best thing about travel is coming home and making your life better as a result of your travel. I disagree. That's a very selfish approach to travel. It's not just about making your life better and taking from where you go. It's about sharing and exchanging in both directions. It's a two-way street. And although I'll probably never know for sure, I can only hope that I left Chua as inspired as she left me. You've been listening to Language Stories, a podcast by Lindsay Does Languages. If you like what we do and you like video, then head on over to our YouTube channel where you can watch the sister video to this podcast episode. Just search Lindsay Does Languages on YouTube and on our channel, you'll see the playlist for language stories. Special thanks for this episode go to Chua and her family and friends for welcoming us for the short time we were there. To learn more and arrange to stay with Chua yourself, see the link in the show notes. Jia from Laos Learns English for speaking honestly with us about Hmong as well as teaching English in Laos. Jasmine Tierra for adding a totally different angle to this episode. You can find out more by searching for Jasmine Tierra on Facebook, Spotify or iTunes. And of course, to our sponsor for the series, Lingora, a place to share your spoken and written language practice and get feedback completely free. Visit elingora.com to sign up for free today. Be sure to leave a review if you enjoyed this episode, as that helps new listeners find the podcast easier. You write the review and leave the rest to the tech robots. And finally, if you have a language story that you'd love to share, or if you know someone that does, get in touch. You can email me at lindsay, that's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, at doeslanguages.com. That's lindsay at doeslanguages.com. I always love to hear from you. As always, you can follow me in all the usual places, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all that jazz, and learn more at lindsaydoeslanguages.com. Until next time, keep learning languages and keep sharing stories. Bye.